ready. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Na'ahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihi al-Kirim. Uh, we express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings upon the Prophet. May peace be upon him. Okay, <laughs> so continuing uh, where we left off, uh, we've now talked about two groups of people. We've talked about the people of Taqwa, and we've talked about the people of Guf, of Gufr. And now it's time to talk about the third model of, of people. And these are the hypocrites. So, so let me pull up the chat window. Um, yes, hypocrites. And uh, sorry, give me a second here regarding some uh, technical difficulties. Okay, so some initial points about hypocrites and hypocrisy. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, in terms of words for hypocrites, the common word a hypocrite is monafik. Hypocrisy equals nifak. Okay, so so hypocrite is a uh, monafik, and hypocrisy is nifak. And then from there, you get into the etymology of the word of for hypocrite. There's a couple or couple uh, roots. One is that imagine you have a fort, and the fort has a front uh, entrance, and it also has a back entrance. And so people keep the back entrance as a way to escape in case an attacker is coming. Uh, that is one way to understand the idea of nifak. Another way to understand it, which is very similar, is the idea of a tunnel. And so think of a tunnel as this enclosed structure with one entry as well as another entry from the other end. And so, so that is another way to imagine or to understand um, uh, the uh, at a philosophical level, what a hypocrite is. Okay. Now, <clears throat> to make this point further, as we're going through this, a point to think about is about whom is Allah speaking? And rather than that, is Allah Ta'ala speaking about me? So when Allah Ta'ala is giving us these attributes of hypocrisy, it's very easy to fall into the trap of pointing fingers at someone else. As opposed to looking at myself, how many of these attributes describe me? And to give you just a framing of it, to, to position it in relationship with Islam, Iman, and Ihsan, Think of, of, of um, hypocrisy as being the other end and kufr as being part of the other end. But let me draw this for you just to, just to help make sense of this. So we have on the path of getting closer to Allah, uh, a person may go from Islam to Iman, to Ihsan. Okay. Uh, but they also might go in the opposite direction. One opposite would be rejection of faith. Another option opposite would be hypocrisy. And some might even make this, this next point a further extension beyond hypocrisy. Fisk, which we will talk about later on, but this would be to be a shameless rebel. So I'm saying uh, two models. One model is 
as you're going from Islam to Iman to Ihsan, or as you're getting closer to God, you're going from Islam to Iman to Ihsan, or as you're turning away from God, you may go down the path of Kufr, which is rejection of faith, or you may go down the path of, of Nifaq, hypocrisy, or you may go down the path of Fisk, which is shameless rebellion, yeah. where you don't even care. That's one model. Yeah. Are these separate or interrelated? Um, which ones? Are you speaking of Kufr, Nifaq, and Fisk? Think of, of, of Kufr as being someone who on the outside is claiming to be non-Muslim, whereas Nifaq is someone who's on the outside claiming to be Muslim. Let me give you scenario number two. So almost the same thing. Okay. We have the person going from Islam to Iman. You might go to Kufur, Nifaq, and from there, you might go to Fisk, okay. where you don't even care about your identity. So Fisk would be someone who is openly uh, showing off about the wrong that they're doing. Okay, so two models. One model is these are three different uh, uh, paths in the opposite direction. Another model is, is uh, Kufur, Nifak. Uh, if you keep going down those paths, potentially you go to Fisk. Uh, is this like being an atheist? Maybe, maybe not. This is more in the context of conduct. Okay, now the question is, well, which one is right, which one is wrong? Rather, what you find in terms of, of models of character as well as models of governance, you'll see people are taking all the passages and giving different models. So these are, these are two big common models. All right, so, so that's to give us a sense of, of uh, going in the opposite direction. And so speaking further about, about hypocrisy, uh, a, a way to think about um, the, the formula, in fact, might as well, uh, let's go back to, to this drawing. Let me give you, so we have, so inside would be what is taking place in your heart. Outside will be your actions or your identification. Scenario one, which is the person of Taqwa, on the inside they have Iman. On the outside, it is Islam. Good. This is the person of Taqwa. Scenario number two, is on the inside, in their heart, you have rejection. And on the outside, non-Muslim. Now, what are we looking at? On the outside is Islam. And on the inside is what? 
anyone? Yeah. Now, there's one that we can extrapolate from these. What would that be? And at the moment, I can't see the chat box, so I would have to ask whoever wants to venture a guess to say it. I'm Salaam um, Do you know what ayahs are we talking about? Okay, so we're talking, uh, today we're beginning ayahs 8 through 16. Okay. But this, this is up here, this is 2 through 5. This is 6 through 7. Yeah. But what about a fourth option? What would that be? Outside, non-Muslim, inside, uh, Iman. Yes. And so, when would you have this scenario where uh, people are hiding? Uh, their iman. Oh, sorry, now I'm catching up with all the texts. This would be in the context of persecution. Okay. Post-Reconquista Spain. Say it again? Post-Reconquista Spain. Okay, yeah, definitely, where people are especially hiding, hiding uh, uh, their faith. And so, so that is also one um, that we can extrapolate from the first three. Our goal for today, for, for today and probably extend beyond today is to talk about this one right here. Someone who on the outside is illustrating, is presenting themselves as Muslim. On the inside, however, they are, uh, they are rejecting faith. And there also be another category where people had no exposure to Islam or? Yeah, I would say that would be, that would be uh, a whole separate set of charts themselves. Definitely. I think it's a very good question. So, so then again, we said, um, go for on the outside and Islam, or go for on the inside, Islam on the outside. Okay. So... <laughs> This is often found in two scenarios. People who are hypocrites by virtue of action, people who are hypocrites by virtue of intention. People who are hypocrites by virtue of intention would be someone who is intentionally fake. So this would be the person at the time, uh, or today, would be like an FBI mole. Good. So the FBI mole would be someone who is infiltrating a masjid uh, or some Muslim meeting, presenting themselves to be Muslim, presenting themselves to be pious. But their willful, conscious intention is not the development of faith. Uh, it is essentially to to preserve the stat, the, the the order, the status quo, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. At the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, there would be people who would embrace Islam with the intention of leaving Islam to break down the morale of the people who are being Muslim, as well as to to what's the word uh, to uh, to gather intel or to publicly uh, give the impression that Islam is, is not all that uh, special. Uh, Bloomberg Stormtroopers, um, is this referring to Bloomberg back then or Bloomberg right now? Um, would a religious char uh, charlatan fall into that category of intention? Uh, so first the answer to the question, a charlatan, what is a charlatan? This is someone who's, who's a preacher, uh, but they're preaching purely to take advantage of people. Uh, so the charlatan could be either in the second category or in the first category. 
So what is the hypocrite by virtue of the first category? This is the person who does not realize that they're fake, but by virtue of their actions, they are fake. Good. And so we have numerous ayahs about this. We have numerous narrations about this. And some of this, uh, some of the material is actually kind of scary. But some of the simple ayahs, or simple, some of the simple hadith narrations, one is uh, that there are three signs of a hypocrite. In other words, that there's four signs of a hypocrite. And how many of these is uh, ascendant, paraphrasing, what percentage of hypocrite you are. When they speak, they lie. Uh, when they uh, make a commitment, they break their commitment. When they are entrusted with something, they break their trust. When they get emotional, they lose control of their emotions. Okay. So uh, I can repeat this, this one narration. This is the one that's most commonly or among those that is most commonly cited in the context of hypocrisy. When they speak, they lie. When they uh, make a commitment, they break their commitments. I mean, naturally, every one of us periodically will break commitments, will not keep their commitments. This is the regular practice. Uh, it's like they make commitments. They might even believe they're going to keep it, but they don't even uh, keep them. Uh, third, when they're entrusted with something, like a secret, they betray their trust. And then fourth, uh, when they get emotional, angry, sad, uh, they lose control of their emotions. And there are numerous other attributes of hypocrites that I would encourage people to, to explore for purposes of self-examination. In this particular uh, passage from Ayahs 8 through 16, we have four attributes. Four different attributes of hypocrites, although one is repeated uh, in that uh, in that hadith. Uh, one of the more frightening books on hypocrisy uh, you can find in PDF online: Thirty Signs of a Hypocrite. Uh, a few of those might not be rele uh, relevant to modern life, um, but the uh, uh, but. Uh, at least 20 of those are relevant to modern life. Can someone, uh, can someone sum up the first two attributes? Yeah, I'll, I'll, let me type them up. Uh, when they speak, they lie. When they make commitments, they break them. Uh, whenever I share that one, I think of one particular student who's not in this call, uh, who uh, anytime we have a conversation and he says, all right, I'm going to contact you today. I, it's a guarantee that he will possibly contact me any day except for that day. Uh, I mean, that's literally been his, his conduct for 10 years. Uh, when they make commitments, they break them. When they are entrusted, they betray their trust. When they get emotional, they lose control of their emotions. Uh, how is <laughs> losing control of emotions nifak? So, so the short answer to that is that's essentially what the prophet is saying, peace be upon him. But if we think about it, let's, uh, let's hold on to the question and see if we can, as we go through these attributes to get better insights of what is it that makes hypocrites uh, hypocrites. Uh, from so is reading the Quran subjectively from yesterday, basically attributing these verses to ourselves for self-reflection? No, I think uh, these ayahs, uh, uh, that would apply basically to 100% of the Quran. You know, how much of this uh, uh, applies to me, including the attributes of, of, of taqwa. How many of those am I fulfilling? Again, we have not had any commands yet. But now, uh, um, speaking about this, let me give you the breakdown. Surah 2, 8 through 10. Uh, 10. Sorry for the bad handwriting. So these are the ayahs on, on hypocrisy. Good. 
And we'll go through each of these in detail as, as we go through them. So first, beginning Ayahs 8 through 10. Okay. And sorry, let me just put up my... Uh, okay. So among people, uh, there's the one, man yakulu, man yakulu, there's the one who says, amana billahi wa bil akhiri, the one who says, we believe in Allah and the last day, but they do not believe. Okay. And then what do we have in Ayah 9? They seek to fool Allah and those who believe, but they fool none but themselves and they don't realize it. One of the attributes of hypocrisy, we ha we're going to have the behaviors and we're going to have uh, the repeated attributes one of the repeated attributes is that hypocrites don't realize the magnitude of their conduct. Hypocrites do not realize the magnitude of their conduct. To the point that often hypocrites will not realize that they're behaving as hypocrites. So we will keep saying they don't realize it, they don't see it. And then Ayah 10. In their hearts is a disease and Allah increases their disease. And for them is a painful punishment because of lying. Okay. That's the first attribute here, all the way to the eye of 10. Now, I have to give you more about human nature here. So we're seeing these references to the heart. Let's talk a little bit more about, about the heart itself. And let me try to, um, okay. So the human has essentially four parts. Body, mind, heart, soul. And so <laughs> I've put this in somewhat of a hierarchy, although I probably should have done it the other way around. And so body, mind, heart, soul. So where does this all come from? This is all coming from throughout the Quran, all put together. And for our purposes for now, think of each of these as a type of intellect. So your body is your sensory intellect. Your sensory, your sensual intellect. In our language, we'd call the mind your rational intellect. And then the heart, we're gonna call your intuitive intellect. Um, I have a question, like, um, so what about uh, Muslims during wartime, like Mujahideen spies against the disbelievers? They had to lie to their enemies, betray their enemies' secrets, okay. and present themselves as non-Muslim. Um, uh, say that till, till we get to the end, inshallah, and we'll try to, we'll try to cover it then. I, I, I saw the question, but we'll, we'll get to it, inshallah, if that's cool. Now, at the heart of each of these is what we're going to call a yearning. The yearning of the body is physical connection, physical contact. The yearning of the mind is what we call curiosity. That's literally yearning of the mind. And the yearning of the heart is a yearning for, let's say for intimacy. So what is the yearning of curiosity? It is yearning for knowledge. 
Uh, can you have higher connections? Uh, let's uh, uh, ask me that uh, again. I'll try to answer that when we get to uh, toward the end of class, inshallah. Uh, put this right here. Hold on. Sorry. Technical difficulties. Okay, good. So these different appetites, these different yearnings we have, and we might try to fulfill them in different ways, but the primary method of satisfaction is with Allah. So intimacy with Allah, knowledge of Allah, and at the top, physical contact with Allah, that one cannot happen in dunya. That one will happen in akhirah. And in physical contact, I'm also including sight. And so as uh, you get closer to Allah, this is the, the formula for visceral happiness of the soul. I've also basically summed up, you know, 4,000 pages of Imam al-Ghazali right here. And then by extension, Rumi. Okay. And so, here, oops, once again, here we have the issue with hypocrites that their heart is diseased which means their intuitive sense, their sense of truth is corrupted, which means that from which they are seeking intimacy is corrupted, which means they are finding dissatisfaction with getting closer to Allah. So if we talk about the, the person of taqwa, versus the person of nifaq. This person, if you look at all the attributes of the people of taqwa, they have deep trust in God. They have thorough trust in God. One of the attributes here is distrust in God. So the behavior, first behavior we're talking about is lying. We're going to see a few more. So, I'm going to stop the share for a second. Okay, so now, <clears throat> uh, why do people lie? Okay. So, if a student is coming to me lying about their homework, I did it, uh, but my dog ate it. Uh, or if someone is, is lying on their resume, why do people lie? To benefit. One reason is to benefit. The other one is fear. That's basically it. So, so why do people lie? One reason uh, people lie for one of two reasons. Just about every single lie is either to uh, secure benefit or to avoid uh, punishment or struggle. Just about every lie you can think of is going to be for one or the other purpose. Now, here's the question. <clears throat> if, a'udhubillah, I am telling you a lie, okay, for one of these reasons, maybe the benefit is I want you to be impressed by me, or maybe to avoid struggle, I don't want you to beat me up, okay? But, so let's say, in this moment, a'udhubillah, I'm telling you a lie. Uh, in that moment, it's as though my concern for your ability to give me benefit or struggle is more important to me than Allah's ability 
to give me benefit or struggle. Make sense? Because if I was primarily concerned with Allah giving me benefit or struggle, reward or punishment, what have you, then I'm always going to be telling the truth. We're not talking about exceptions yet. We're just talking about the, the default. But if I'm lying to you, I've made a higher priority of you giving me benefit or struggle. Is that shirk? If I'm lying, am I committing shirk? What do y'all think? Okay, Sammy, cut to the chase, mashallah. Yes. What else? Omar al-Khadra, no. Other thoughts? Uh, if you can give me more than yes or no, I mean, I could do a poll. Okay, Abdullah Mirza, so this is the contrast right here between Abdullah and Sammy. Okay, but uh, uh, Abdullah is more of the diplomat, mashallah. Okay. Uh, Shazi says, I don't think it's shirk. Sharak says, nuance of shirk. Anyone want to give an argument why it is or why it isn't? Or is it that my argument was so convincing for those who say yes, that therefore you have decided that it is? Power of giving benefit is, is being given to the one being lied to, okay? Uh, that every disobedience would be shirk. That's the risk we're saying then. If we're saying lying is shirk, then every other disobedience is shirk. Uh, Dr. Mohi, are you saying, are you agreeing with Mahan, or are you just saying, yes, it's shirk? Okay. What if someone lies with the intention of doing something good, like setting up, okay, that again, we'll talk about exceptions. We're just talking about default lying right now. Okay. Shirk is associating worship of someone with, uh, alongside Allah, and I think therefore, uh, Omar, you're saying, no, it's not shirk. Okay. Okay, uh, again, ha, uh, Ibrahim and such, those were talking about exceptions. I'm talking about default. Okay. So the answer is no, it's not shirk. It's a sin. Okay. But why am I raising this question? Because in Islamic law, you can make analogies. In theology, you cannot make analogies. Shirk is a theological question. Am I worshiping someone with a law? Am I worshiping, am I making something a partner with a law? Is a theological question. So even if I can make something look 100% like shirk, whom, uh, who, uh, who is the one who has the authority to determine what is shirk and what is not? Allah Ta'ala only. And then as narrated to us by the Prophet, peace be upon him. Meaning, just because something is, looks like shirk, we'd have to see if we can find anything close to this in terms of what the Prophet is saying, peace be upon him. I like Abu Hasna's expressions. He's like, frame, operate. Okay. So, but the point being that, no, this is definitely not shirk. It is misconduct. It is sin. Now, we do find, for example, in the people who are like the Khawarij, uh, they make sin and con they make theology and conduct one and the same. And so then for them, an act of sin becomes an act of rebellion, an act of rejection. Okay. Uh, but I'm saying in terms of textbooks of Nishia Islam, it is basically uh, matters of theology are one topic, matters of conduct are a different topic. Lying is an act of conduct. It is not, we can't interpret that to be shirk. So, 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 what else do we find in the attribute here, uh, which I think is kind of frightening, is that Allah Ta'ala is saying they have a disease in their heart and he increases their disease. Okay. And we have this other point that seems to be consistent throughout the entire text of the Quran, that if you go down a good path, and this is the Hadith literature, if you go down a good path, what are we taught? Allah Ta'ala makes it easier for you. If you come to Allah walking, what? Allah Ta'ala comes to you running. Okay. If you come to Allah handspan, he comes to you an arm's length. So if you go down the path of guidance, Allah Ta'ala makes it easier. If you go down the path of misguidance, he lets you keep going. You're choosing to keep going, he will let you keep going. Not saying he's making it easier, Good. but he will let you keep going down that path. Especially if you go down the path of hypocrisy, which I believe is frightening. 
So we're still saying the balance is easier if you go down the path of guidance. And one of the points we're going to make in about 20 IS is that's actually the default in terms of the of within us. It's to seek guidance. But if you go down the path, he will make it easier. He'll make doors open. How would you, how would you fit in the trials and tribulations in that uh, context? Because trials and tribulations, you're basically asked to have patience and suffer. So if you fail in the suffer and patience, that means you've been pushed all the way back. I wouldn't say that you've been pushed all the way back uh, because you still have the door for forgiveness. Right? Uh, but uh, if you have been, uh, but the opposite would be if you're going back to, uh, down the path of Nifak, it's going to become easier for you, which means you're going to be pushed more and more along the path. That uh, I'm saying, if, so you go, if you go down that path, I'm saying it's not necessarily going to be easier but the rope will be given for you to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, on the, on the path for goodness, there's friction. And on the, path, on the other side, it's kind of like an ideal system. There's no friction. Uh, I wouldn't agree that there's no friction. Uh, let's hold on to that when we get through all the rest of the attributes to get deeper into the mindset of the person, inshallah. Yeah. On the surface, yeah, it does look that way. It looks like the path of hypocrisy is the path of least resistance. Uh, I'd say socially, potentially, but... Let's, uh, uh, we'll come back to that in, in a bit, inshallah. Okay, so that's attribute number one. Uh, okay. Let's get into, I hear voices. Okay, let's get into. I have, I have a quick question about um, theology and conduct. Isn't theology to be created a guiding principle and then conduct is you can follow within the principle and framework? Okay, let me also answer that uh, at the end of class, inshallah. Okay, so. So let's get into the second attribute, because this one is a, is a bit subtle. So Ayah 11, when it is said to them, do not cause corruption in the world, they say we are actually reformers. We're remedying the situation. And then Ayah 12 says, uh, no, definitely not. They are the corruptors, and they don't realize it. So this attribute's a little bit subtle. This is someone who is uh, resisting or deflecting criticism. Spell the letter C wrong and G wrong, um, which is kind of like how some students believe that I've spelled their grade wrong. Okay, so <clears throat> deflecting criticism. So what are we saying here? That uh, in the case of, of hypocrites, that <clears throat> if they're being given a criticism, constructive criticism, not constructive criticism, they deflect. Good. Now, in the case of the first attribute, figuring out the good conduct is easy. Rather than lie, you tell the truth. How would we respond to this one? Meaning, what would be the good behavior? The bad behavior is deflecting criticism and saying, no, 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 I'm doing good. What would be the good conduct? Repentance would apply for everything, but in the context of criticism. If someone is giving criticism, uh, Sammy, I would modify uh, what you're saying, and I'd modify Stephanie and Leif what you're saying. Consider all the criticism that comes to you. Because sometimes you're going to receive criticism that's just wrong. But anytime anyone is giving you criticism, cons uh, consider it. Good. And then you may decide that you disagree. You objectively disagree. Good. That would be the upright uh, uh, approach, the approach of the person of taqwa. Why? What is it? What is the benefit that comes that we receive if we're receiving criticism? Naturally, if we're receiving criticism, uh, it might sting. But what is the benefit of considering all the criticism that people send our way? Self-improvement. Yeah. That, all right. Someone's drawn attention for me to focus on this. Uh, and it's something for me to perhaps work on in terms of improving myself. 
Again, it could be that the person who's criticizing might actually be criticizing me to 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 ruin me or to distract me or something. Uh, and likewise, uh, relates to what Sam is saying, to humble yourself. Meaning, part of my approach of being the person of taqwa is seeking to refine and make my faith better, to make my heart more and more pure. So if I'm being given criticism, uh, I might be, be given a whole bunch of things to actually focus on. Again, I'm not saying you're obliged to accept it. This again goes back to, to I think, uh, Olfot's question on one of the first days, you know, because uh, that can become a tool of being oppressed, you know, that you just take in all the criticism. Now, sometimes criticism is just going to be wrong. Okay. So we made it through two attributes of, of hypocrisy. Inshallah, uh, tomorrow we'll make through the other two. And then we'll also see other things that are common among all of these uh, attributes. Criticism can be overwhelming even if it's right. This is absolutely correct. I mean, uh, uh, we would have to then prioritize what do we work on and such. Um, so let me, uh, let me now, I'm sorry for having uh, deflected uh, all your questions. Let me, let's try to get into the questions. Uh, 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 Dr. Malahat, can you repeat your question? I didn't quite understand it. Well, I'm putting so, the, the rest of the chat You, you define that, <clears throat> that, um, Theological difference and the conduct, yeah. lying. Uh, my, my question is that, you know, the theology will provide you the framework or the guiding principle. And the conduct, you're, you're actually following that direction. So it's interrelated. It's going to bridge the gap in between. So one cannot act without a second one. Um, sure. Um, and so uh, if I'm committing shirk, um, then you know, my conduct will be one way. If I'm not committing shirk, my conduct will be a different way. But the fact that I'm lying doesn't mean it goes backwards. Doesn't mean that it's automatically shirk. I don't know if I'm understanding your question your question properly. Okay, we can talk offline. Okay, inshallah. Uh, Mossab, you had the question all the way at the beginning uh, about suppose your soldiers uh, in a fight. Uh, uh, in that case, uh, that would not be the same as hypocrisy. That would be uh, that would be more the strategy of, of the fighting. If, however, in a normal gathering on a campus or something, you have someone who's going and doing intel, pretending to be uh, just good friends, that would be more like hypocrisy. Uh, could you, at the end of class, just quickly summarize how the eyes were covered should affect our thinking, just to sift through the details and take home points? Not that everything you're saying is amazing. Okay. Not that, not that everything you're saying is amazing or not amazing. Anyway, kidding. Uh, the basic point here is that when you are looking at attributes of people, especially, uh, keep evaluating how much of that describes yourself. Like the easy one uh, are the two attributes you've seen right now. Get, uh, how much do I lie or, or tell the truth? And when people are criticizing me, how well do I take to criticism, especially from people who are who are close? You mentioned that munafiqun are unable to control their emotions when they get emotional. What if someone has a psychological neuro neurological disorder? This is a Sammy question, mashallah. Uh, that makes it hard and possible to control emotions. Would this be just harder test for that individual, or would it be an exception? This would be an exception. Physiology is different than than conduct. Yeah. Uh, good question. So. Uh, 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 your physiology might prevent you from doing, uh, doing things or might make you behave certain ways, uh, but that would be different. Is backbiting a form of nifaq? Backbiting is its own sin that can be uh, a sign of hypocrisy. Um, and I would say it's definitely obviously closer to hypocrisy than it is to taqwa, uh, but it can be. Uh, let's see, other questions. And if I'm missing other questions, feel free to type them again. Uh, what if someone intends to, uh, okay, let's talk about the uh, exceptions. Uh, what if someone lies to, in, uh, to do something good, like to set up a surprise or something? So there's a couple of general principles. Like if you're, if you're joking, the general principle is that your joke should not be a lie, right? Uh, if you are, you know, lying to set up uh, a surprise, like a surprise party. The goal is to avoid it, or at least to make it clear at some point soon that, you know, it was just a joke. 
right? That I think uh, is not as big of a problem, except if it becomes repeated practice. You know, the example of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Uh, what's the story there? That the Pharaoh, uh, anytime he got married, the Pharaoh uh, would, or anytime the Pharaoh heard about any women, the Pharaoh would want the woman. And Ibrahim alayhi salam, speaking about his wife, said, "This is my sister," uh, which would technically be true. This is my sister in Islam. Uh, and then the Pharaoh was, um, uh, uh, he got sick or something like that and trying to pursue, pursue that woman. But there is the idea that Islamophobes know better than us, uh, the idea of taqiyah, which is that, all right, if your life is in danger, it's a higher priority to preserve your life. So it may be good to lie. So we gave the example of, of the Moriscos uh, in Spain who were avoiding getting killed by hiding their Islam and being on the outside Catholics. Speaking of lying, happy April Fools today, everyone, tomorrow, inshallah, and use your own April Fools. Someone's gonna send around that, that letter that says, April Fools was invented by the Crusaders or by the Inquisitors. So lying is not an amal that is affected by Nia. Uh, lying is. Uh, now we're saying there can be cases where lying is good. So back to Mossab's question of war, the, uh, uh, the Prophet Peace is reported to have said deception is okay in war or deception is part of war. And of course, Islamophobes say that, okay, that means that you can't trust any Muslims. The understanding there is that if lying can avoid bloodshed, then lie. Because bloodshed is worse. What about small, casual lies that don't harm anyone? The basic principle is that those are also a no-no, unless you have a specific example. Like, you know, if I asked you, do you all like my hairstyle? Um, and if you all said yes, I know you all were lying. I quit teaching. Okay. Any other questions? White. What if a, a lie is to mend something? There are some cases uh, where we find the opinion is that it is okay for those small lies. Like, for example, if two people are fighting to, uh, to tell a lie to mend it, uh, I would still caution and see if you can do it by way of truth, but that can be an example. Or... If your spouse's cooking is nasty, uh, it is considered to be okay to say that it is. By the way, I do like your hairstyle because you didn't specify which hair. Okay, mashallah. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. That was that was that was pretty slick. You should run for president of of America. I like how your your phone is shaking. Okay, uh, what about the person? <laughs> <laughs> It is struggling to do God's will. Where do they stand? Uh, I'm not understanding that in the context of lying. Um, okay. Any other questions or any uh, last questions? Could I just clarify that question, yeah. please? Go for it. So the, the, what I'm saying is someone who may have been, you know, someone who converted, and so they're struggling to, you know, you establish habits you know, like bad habits or you used to believe things contrary to what you're trying to uh, believe now. So in the midst of that, you know, you're, you're slipping and falling and you're struggling. So how does that, per is that, because that person could be perceived as a hypocrite as well. So this, uh, it, this doesn't apply just to converts, this applies to everybody, right? And, and it's the question of, is the person, uh, is their overall effort one of improvement, right? And uh, let's hold on to this question because we're gonna have a couple eyes that go more closely to it. But I would say that is not necessarily making someone a liar or a, a hypocrite. What if lying becomes a habit for you? Like you start doing it unconsciously without even thinking about it. So the how do you turn back from that? The Prophet peace upon him says that if someone keeps lying and lying, they get stamped as a liar. And a way to understand that, you will not be able to not lie anymore. Likewise, if someone keeps telling the truth, 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 they'll, get, they'll be stamped as a truth teller. Yeah. Now, uh, in our language, someone who gets stamped as a liar, we might call the person a pathological liar. If it is you know, the result of choice, as opposed to to uh, uh, physiology, like impulse control, uh, then the, the hard part of it is to force yourself to start telling truth. Because what happens if you get stamped as a liar, you're not even gonna see reality properly anymore. 
this is the problem of a lot of politicians. Uh, I missed a, a part of the lecture today, but could you talk about the difference between lying outright and obfuscation or omission? Okay, those are ginormous words. You're going to have to, uh, I'm just a college professor, you're going to have to make those words smaller for me. Uh, any other last questions about anything, anything at all? How about lying to yourself versus lying to others? Uh, that is, is a, a very, very deep question. What we're saying, the essence of hypocrisy is that you're lying to yourself. If you're lying to others, you're definitely lying to yourself. But uh, lying to yourself while speaking the truth to others, all of us do have uh, a framework that we look at the world. And it may not be fully honest. Or a better way to put it, it may not be complete. Uh, let's address this more as we're finishing the whole course. Uh, and let me try to give you all the uh, the links from the last few classes really quickly. Feel free to type some more questions if anyone has to leave. Uh, please feel free. Uh, I'm getting other questions about, you know, can I bring in my friend and this and that. Uh, it, uh, I'm very cautious uh, at this stage about letting other people into the class because we've already gone through uh, a big chunk of ayahs. Uh, but you can discuss with me uh, directly. Are we going to through the, go through the entire Quran in this course? Um, depends on how long the uh, the quarantine lasts. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's six thousand ayahs. We give or take, we make it through one to three ayahs. Uh, so you can do the math. It's probably going to be about twenty years. So, um, Doctor Fossey, is the virus that will determine the timeline, not us? Oh, very good point, Mashallah. Okay. Is, and, uh, is lying like different than redirecting our conversation or as we say, beating around the bush? Okay, lying is definitely different than that. There's an episode of the Brady Bunch uh, where Greg decides he's going to uh, beat around the bush, he's not gonna lie. Um, and then that got him in big trouble. Meaning beating around the bush works a little bit, um, but then people either catch up with you or they get fed up. Any other questions? Sorry for quoting the Brady Bunch. Can you briefly discuss verse 10 again and how we should understand Allah increasing people that are doing wrong? Uh, let's revisit that when we go to I 15, inshallah, because I 15 makes a very, very similar point. Any other last questions? Brady Bunch, mashallah. Good. Alrighty, we'll stop right here. Uh, oh, wait. Would a person with taqwa consider criticism from someone who hates, jealous, or spites that person, for instance, out of malicious intent? Uh, the person of taqwa, in theory, would take criticism from everybody, no matter their rank, no matter their conduct. Because it could be this one person who seems to be the most vile person in terms of conduct might see something right through you, meaning it could be that through you is Allah Ta'ala speaking. Yeah. And so the person from Taqwa would consider, I'll say gun smoke, the person of Taqwa would definitely, inshallah, consider criticism from any direction. Even if, let's say, Abu Hasna is criticizing Ansari, a uh, person of Taqwa might even consider, oh man, are they talking about me as well? Last question, any last questions? Salams, inshallah, we'll see you tomorrow, and maybe I'll quote Elf. Okay, subhanakallahumma bihamdika, nashadu illa ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka latubi ilayk, subhanakallahumma bihamdika, nashadu illa ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka latubi ilayk, subhanakallahumma bihamdika, nashadu illa ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka latubi ilayk. May Allah tell you all, inshallah, and we will continue tomorrow. Wa akhidawana, and alhamdulillah, hirabil alameen.